Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, your guide to the fundamentals of better deer hunting. And now, your host, Tony Peterson. Hey everyone, welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. This week's episode is all about going old school to watch big bucks do their thing throughout the summer. If you spend any time at all hunting with a Western bow hunter who is truly dialed in, you'll see someone who spends a lot of time glassing. Whitetail hunters can learn from this, even though we tend to glass before the season is open to gather summertime intel instead of finding an animal to target right now like our Western brethren. I realize not everyone has the chance or the means to glass summertime bucks, but if you do, you absolutely should. I think this is one of the most enjoyable types of scouting and honestly might be the most valuable in some situations. That's the whole idea behind this episode, which is dedicated to busting out the optics and tapping into your inner deer voyeur. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast brought to you by First Light. So far, we've covered boots on the ground scouting and just about everything I can think of when it comes to trail cameras. Now it's time to get serious about my favorite kind of deer scouting, summertime glassing. This is almost a lost art these days for a couple of reasons. For one, why would you swat mosquitoes while a spotting scope sucks your eyeballs out of your head just to watch bucks feeding when you could walk in, hang a camera, and get out in the same amount of time it takes to watch a Simpsons rerun? And there is also the reality that many of us face where we don't have a dreamy soybean field or alfalfa field to glass. If you're a suburban hunter or maybe a big woods hunter, it might not be possible to hike in with a spotter and watch a group of velvet bucks do their thing. You got to read your situation and understand that while you might not have an ideal glassing scenario, you might have more options than you think. When I was living in north central Minnesota and hunting ground in a region with limited hay fields and other ag, I realized that the crop-heavy style of scouting I grew up with was gone. I also realized that there were some meadows worth watching and occasionally clear cuts, really fresh clear cuts, that would allow me to post up in a corner and observe. After moving from there to the suburbs of the Twin Cities, I realized I was around more ag, but also relegated to small properties, really small properties, 
This was tough because the food was always on someone else's ground. Sometimes you just have to accept that you can't scout the way you want to. In that case, I could drive by and throw the binos up when I had the chance, but it was a poor substitute for actual summertime glassing sessions. So it's not possible for everyone, but if you do have the chance to glass summer deer that you could eventually hunt in the fall, you absolutely should. Here's why. It's not just about hit lists and inventory. And sure, it's fun to lay eyes on a red-coated summertime toad out munching away with his buddies in the evening, but what does that do for you? It might change your hunting plans and force you to get a little more serious, which is good, or it might prompt you to run a few more cameras or spend more time on the glass, both of which should increase your odds of success as long as you don't overstay your welcome where he lives. Seeing big bucks is fun, but the benefit isn't getting to give a wild critter a cute name, Mark, <clears throat> or knowing that you've got 450 inches in your neighborhood to target this fall. The benefit is that watching deer is, well, it's beneficial. There are a few different fronts here, but I'll start with one that you might not be thinking of. How often in your life do you encounter mature bucks? For yours truly, who hunts quite a few states and puts in a lot of time, the in-season encounters might tally up to half a dozen on any given year. Of those, one, or if I'm really super duper lucky, two or three will end up in the back of my truck. That's not a lot of interaction. It's not a lot of experience. And I'm a lucky guy. I get to hunt at least partially for my job. Most of us just aren't encountering mature bucks on any level of consistent basis while we're hunting. This is part of the reason why buck fever is so much more common than most of us will admit. Even hunters in the great state of Iowa who have a higher expectation of running into big bucks than anyone else often fall apart when those bucks actually do walk by. This is because it's just not that common, even in the places where it's most common. Another way to look at this is just to like turn on outdoor television and watch a few hours if you fancy a little low-level torture. It won't be long before you'll see some 12-year-old kid who was spawned by an industry celebrity power couple hunting. This kid will shoot right in the lungs, a buck bigger than you could imagine seeing in any given decade of hard hunting. And you'll probably think, how the hell does a sixth grader keep it together on a booner when I lose my shit on 127-inch bucks? It's because they know that if they screw up, the next one is coming down the trail. They miss a big one? Go tomorrow. There'll be another. Pass up a 140? Don't worry. There's a 155 hitting the other end of the plot. He'll be there in a second. For you, that one buck that represents something big for you is a rare thing indeed. This is one of the reasons we kind of add these mythical elements to what amounts to rabbits with antlers. We say, you know, do deer have a sixth sense? Can they recognize when you're looking them in the eyes? Honestly, no. But they are good at detecting 200-pound quivering lumps of anxiety hanging off trees in what amounts to their bedroom. Because if they weren't, they'd die as forkies. Big bucks aren't unkillable survival machines. And long-range glassing will teach you that. At no time of the year can you watch mature bucks doing what mature bucks do more easily than you can in the back half of the summer. When I was in college, I really started getting after the long-range glassing game, really started to enjoy it. And I remember how astonished I was that I could often find and observe bucks that were 40 or 60 inches bigger than anything I'd ever killed. What was crazier 
was that they would often walk out and feed along a whole wood line or enter a corner of a field every night like clockwork, as long as I didn't creep in too close and start blowing deer out. Those efforts made me start to consider that not only were they not as special as I thought, but that I might kill one. I did too, eventually. After 14 years of obsessive bow hunting, that non-typical 14-pointer looked like a moose when I first saw him, and it was an absolute act of God that my arrow passed through the right stuff when he was just 10 yards away on the edge of a bean field in a September drizzle. So many of my previously held beliefs died with that deer that night. And while that success wasn't solely due to summer glassing, a huge part of that level up moment can be attributed to just watching bucks in August. Look, what I'm saying is that glassing one evening can teach you more about deer behavior than running a pile of cameras can all summer long. This is important because the bucks will give you a first-hand glimpse into how they use the terrain during various weather conditions. So instead of just watching to see big bucks, watch to see big bucks step out from the trail and look around. Pay attention to who already walked out the trail. Did a doe group come out already? How about a bachelor group of scrappers? What did the big boy or big boys do before they got into the field or right after they got out there? Could you get into a situation where you could see them before they made it into the groceries? This is possible in a lot of places that are more open, like when it comes to western whitetails. Farther east, it's not as likely, but could still be possible depending on your hunting situation. Pay attention to what wind direction was blowing when the buck stepped out of a specific trail. Did that favor them and their likely travel route? How so? When they entered the field, were they in a low spot that is invisible from any road, or were they on a high spine that gave them the best chance to see predators in the field, kind of like where big toms really like to strut in April? Did the bucks come out two hours before dark or five minutes? When they got to the food, did they dive right in and start eating without a real direction in mind, or did they look like they were working toward a bigger goal? That goal might be a pond tucked in somewhere, or it might be that they are headed toward a fence crossing that leads to the neighbor's field. Their direction of travel and the rate they move and where they end up before you lose sight of them are huge things to know. You get to see what they favor and can speculate why they favor those things, which is valuable intel to file away for the hunting season. And I can't stress this enough. All of that stuff is important. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work. 
try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of six sick folks, or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits is not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. In today's deer world, we tend to try to control the uncontrollable as much as possible. For example, where baiting is legal, it's the go-to strategy simply because it sort of promises results in the exact spots we want to hunt. Food plots offer the same illusion, and although they take a little more work than a bait pile, the results can be very similar. Cutting trails, adding in water sources, whatever. We love to try to nudge deer to do what we want them to do to make our hunting easier. And that's okay. It's part of the game. If you can plan a food plot, do it. If you can hire someone to come in and build a pond, go for it. That part's fun too if you have the option. But if you want to be a better deer hunter in general, learning about what deer do naturally is how you do it. And the window for the most education here is now in the form of summertime observation. Now, of course, you've got to have the ability to see deer from far away. For me, this involves both binoculars and a spotting scope. In some situations, you could probably get away with just binoculars if that's all you got. But a spotter really changes the game, even a relatively inexpensive one. There's no need to take out a HELOC loan for a spotting scope used solely for whitetails. But I will say this, when it comes to glass, you get what you pay for. Inexpensive isn't necessarily bad, it just won't be crazy good. It could easily be good enough though, which is fine. But what's not fine is a super cheap tripod. Spending $30 for a tripod is a great way to wipe your butt with $30 while still not having a tripod. I bought a cheapo in a pinch one time for a photo shoot, and it literally broke while I was unboxing it. It didn't even have the structural integrity to hold up while I removed it from a cardboard box. The difference in spending an extra $100 on a tripod is truly incredible. It's one of those things where you just don't want to go cheap, like when it comes to broadheads or you know, buying a Western hunting pack. And when you do get out with your optics, you want to use your binoculars to scan. These are for picking up the color of a summer coat or the flicker of velvet tines above a sea of green, waist-high soybeans. Any hint of a deer and the spotter gets trained on the location and the magnification gets dialed up. This seems simple enough, but there's an art to it. An art not only to reading the landscape and picking out the deer, but then really getting on them quickly with your optics. If you don't believe this, glass with somebody who's really good at it or someone who's really terrible at it. The difference in deer spotted will be appreciable. The people who are good learn to spot the inconsistencies in the landscape, just like the hunters who are quick to pick up the hint of a backline in the woods or a glimpse of a white tail's white tail. 
just like with hunting, sometimes when you're glassing, the deer suddenly appear are unmistakable. They're just there. But other times, it's a matter of slowly scanning with your binos to look for something that just doesn't quite belong. This might be that reddish summer coat that isn't quite the same color as a CRP grass, or the flash of a throat patch as a buck pokes his head out of the wood line to see if there's any visible danger in the field. Practice and experience matter here, and the more you glass, the better you'll get at it. This is an obvious benefit during summer scouting sessions, but also carries over into your time into the field come fall. And also, pay attention to your comfort. In the next episode, I'm really going to break down a glassing strategy. But for now, consider some of the big picture stuff, like how you'll deal with bugs, and whether you can sit comfortably in the edge of a cornfield while poking your spotter out for a few hours. Have a way to deal with mosquitoes. Whether you spray down or you use a thermocell unit, Discomfort is the enemy of hunting success and glassing success. You need to enjoy this time. And if you're constantly swatting mosquitoes, you're not going to enjoy it. You won't enjoy it either if your lower back is screaming in agony after half an hour of sitting on the ground. A good cushion or a little tripod chair like those we use in turkey season can be the ticket. And don't sabotage yourself before you even get out there. Give yourself a chance. And understand that what you're doing is going out an hour or two before you plan to see a deer. And we'll be sitting until it's too dark to see anything. This might be three or four hours on a decent evening. And at least two if it's really hot. As much fun as I think summertime glassing is, I'm also reminded that it's often mostly tedium and discomfort until the deer show up. Just like a lot of my actual hunts are. But they're always worth it if you see them through to the end. So take a look at your hunting spots, both your private spots and any public you might be interested in hunting. The good thing about summertime glassing is that you can devote an evening or two per week for the month of August and really get your finger on the pulse of different spots. A night spent watching an ag field that borders a large chunk of public land might not really seem like it's worth it. It's not a, maybe a great way to spend your time, but it can tell you whether the public might be worth hunting or whether you are better off sticking to those smaller chunks of private you have permission to hunt. If you've been scouting in person and with cameras, a couple of nights of long-range glassing can also really help you tie together the deer movement on your property. Not only do you have pictures of the buck you're after slurping up some water in the morning as he heads back to bed, but now you've watched him enter a certain field three different times in two weeks. That knowledge is how we get those Instagram-worthy trophy photos, my friends. Make a plan to long-range glass if it's possible. You'll learn more about mature bucks than you ever could listening to random hunting podcasts or reading random hunting articles. You'll also find that it's probably the most fun type of scouting there is, aside from the early spring days when you're just itching to get out and shake off the cabin fever while putting on some miles in the woods. So get ready to glass. But understand that you won't be driving into the edge of a field and watching from your truck while singing along to Luke Bryan. You're instead going to treat your glassing sessions like a rifle hunt, which is the topic of next week's episode. So please tune in, and I promise you we will make this a mission that will help you kill more big bucks. That's it for this episode, my friends. Be sure to check out next week's show so you can keep leveling up your whitetail glassing game. I'm Tony Peterson, and this has been the Wired to Hunt Foundation's podcast. As always, thank you so much for your support, and we will see you right here next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. 
Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, if you guys like to cook outdoors and you ought to, you should check out the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle. So this is a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge, reaching all the way up to 500 degrees. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle. 